Welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the children's books we love. My name is Jody Lima, and on this twice-monthly podcast, hosted on the first and third Monday of each month, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Christine L. Villa. She's author of the recent picture book, Will You Still Love Me? A Puppy Haiku Story. And we're going to be talking about that, as well as her publishing company, Purple Cotton Candy Arts, and her favorite children's book, which is Saturday, uh, a picture book written and illustrated by Oge Mora. Uh, but before we get to all of that, I'm going to be starting today with a brief chat I had with Lizette Serrano, who is Vice President of Educational Marketing at Scholastic, and we talked about Scholastic's summer reading program. Today I'm speaking with Lizette Serrano, Vice President of Educational Marketing at Scholastic, and we are going to be talking about summer reading. Uh, thanks for joining me, Lizette. Hi, Jody. I'm happy to be here. And if I may say, congratulations on your 100th episode. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty exciting to get there. Well, why don't we start with the idea of reading in the summer? Why is it so important for kids to read during the summertime after school has ended? You know, I would say we can all agree this particular has been challenging for teachers, for parents. I'm a mother of two boys, two teenagers, uh, and they've been home um, remotely for over a year learning. So I think the summer provides a great opportunity to reset and really, you know, create an environment reading for fun, either as a social activity, as a family activity, or giving them the space to discover books on their own and have that time for books to provide comfort and entertainment. Um, I just think the summer is a great time to to do that for children. And the idea of creating uh, opportunities for literacy helps to, you know, at least like you said, build families and help to support communities as well. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, working at Scholastic, I've been at Scholastic for over 20 years. It's a dream job. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited to be talking about the Scholastic Summer Reading Program. So, you know, speaking of, of ways to connect kids with opportunities, um, there's a number of ways to, through our program. So I'm really excited about that. I think, as I mentioned, you know, that social aspect, you know, one piece for kids is joining our home, our home base community which is free um, and are able to connect with other kids um, to read books and stories. And there's going to be a number of author events where they can connect with their favorite authors or discover new books, play games. Um, it's just such a joyful place for kids, you know, to find other place on their computer, just to, again, like make friends um, during this time, new friends or connect with old friends, which is really, which is really great. So it's the idea reading doesn't have to, isn't a chore. It's an opportunity to connect with other people and actually have fun. Absolutely. Being challenged this year, you know, the social emotional support that they've needed. I just think this is another way, you know, books have a way of connecting each other, you know, providing empathy, learning about the world, learning about other peoples and places, you know, develop those skills and just to have those type of reflections for children is so important. So what you're saying about connections, I just think this is a such a great way while, while also having fun. <laughs> That's important. Apart from participating in a Scholastic Summer Program, do you have any sort of general tips that families uh, could do to help them encourage summer reading uh, for their children this year? 
Yeah, I would I, I would give two. I would say one, a model reading at home, obviously. You know, whenever I read books, you know, my tips since they were little is that they're always, kids are super curious. We're all super curious. They're always like, what are you reading? Uh, that's my time to shine and give <laughs> give a good pitch. Uh, and it, it creates a conversation about those about those books. I, I have to say, Jody, when I was listening to your latest podcast episode, um, you had the, you know, about Corduroy, Jacob, who is my um, soon-to-be 14-year-old, he was like, oh, my God, Mommy, I read that book in, in kindergarten. I remember my library teacher reading aloud to us in kindergarten. And I was like, I never knew that. So I, I wasn't even aware that I read that book. So, again, like, just modeling that kind of behavior through your phone, you know, through a magazine or going to a library, a bookstore. It's just, you know, I think that's one good tip just to just to create a routine um, and, and have books in at home. And what's great about, if I can, again, talk about some reading programming that we have free access to over uh, 100,000 books. So it's just amazing. Um, that way, you know, there's so many um, entry points that kids can find ways to, to read books. And then, and then I guess equally as important, let kids choose what they want to read. <laughs> I think, I think hopefully most people will cheer that, especially in the summer. Like, as I said, this is the time for them to, you know, unwind. And if they want to read a comic book or a graphic novel, which provide different, you know, visual literacy opportunities, that's great. Let's encourage that. I would even say like listening, you know, audiobooks or listen to a podcast. I mean, there are definitely different learning, you know, ways that kids can absorb reading. Any book that gets a kid to reading is a good book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, where can a person go to get more information about the resources available or to participate in this uh, Scholastic Summer Reading Program? Everything can be found at scholastic.com slash summer. So you'll see it's pretty accessible and wonderful and great in terms of like knowing three different areas where kids and parents can uh, participate. So as I mentioned, a home-based program, kids can also track their summer reading by, by maintaining a reading streak in home-based. So they can kind of like earn points and have fun, different experiences as they read more books of their choice. And then, you know, we're partnering with Save the Children. So every kid that has a reading streak will unlock a donation of 100 books from Scholastic to the summer to the Save the Children for Kids in Rural America. Limited or no book access to books. So there's something for everybody, which is great. And do they have to wait on and doing this for the actual summer? They can go ahead and sign up right away. They can sign up right away. So if person hearing this, just go ahead and go to uh, www.scholastic.com slash summer, right? And they can go ahead and get started. Absolutely. It's already kicked off. This is from April 26th to September 3rd. Okay. Okay. Well, Lizette, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Um, I'm always in favor of anything that gets more people to reading. It's something very dear to my heart. So thank you for talking to me about that today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all you do as well. My guest today is Christine L. Villa, author of such children's books as Zubaloo, The Magic Paintbrush, and Will You Still Love Me? A Puppy Haiku Story. She is also the founder of the publishing company Purple Cotton Candy Arts. You can find her website at www.christinevilla.com, and you can find information about Purple Cotton Candy Arts publishing at www.purplecottoncandyarts.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Christine. Hi. Hi, Jody. 
it's nice to be here. Uh, now, I mentioned that you have this uh, publishing company called Purple Cotton Candy Arts. Can you talk a little bit about what it is and how it got established? Purple Cotton Candy Arts, it started, it, it's actually a small business that started as, it, it explored It explored my creativity in arts and crafts because I do a lot of arts and crafts and I do, go to craft shows. But then later on, it expanded to publishing my children's books. So when I started writing my children's book and I want to um, publish it, that's when I, I have Purple Cotton Candy Arts to publish it for me. So it's it, it publishes my own children's book. And as of now, I have written and published 10 children's books since 2014. Three of these titles are now available in bilingual edition. So it's English and Filipino translation. I'm going to come up with um, some books that are going to be translated in Spanish, which will be Zubulu. That's going to be the first one. So right now, other than uh, my arts and crafts and other than publishing my own children's book, I also offer publishing services to other aspiring children's authors. So I have services such as editing, proofreading, rewriting, formatting. I have illustrators. Uh, most of them, actually all of them, are from the Philippines and they, they do the illustrations for me, for the authors, and I do the book trailers myself and I publish it for them. So that's my, um, that's what I do for Purple Cotton Candy Arts. And I'm curious, the name Purple Cotton Candy Arts, where did that come from? Actually, I wanted to, to have, some, well, other people think, you know, it's funny when I'm at the, uh, the craft shows, I'm selling my books and my crafts and they think when they come over me, come over my booth i mean they think that there's uh, that i'm selling cotton candy yeah. well it's i just like it to be catchy purple because that's my favorite color and cotton candy arts it's it's like what kids love cotton candy it's what kids love and it's something it's something sweet something something whim i want something whimsical and that has the charm of a children's book so i think that's um that's a, a good name for it Something memorable. <laughs> and like you said, you offer several, uh, all three of the books are in bilingual editions, uh, specifically uh -huh. in Filipino. And that's important. I don't know if there are a lot of children's books out there um, in uh, Filipino are available. I, I don't think there is a lot or only a very few. I'm not really sure. But what really, the, the, I mean, the story behind it, why I started having someone translate my, my books for me in Filipino, it started when I went to, um, it's a non-profit organization that uh, promotes Philippine culture and appreciation. So when I was there, I read Zubulu. So it was in English. And the parents approached me after I read the book because they enjoyed the book. And they said, why don't you, first they said, why don't you write? children's books that are in, are in Filipino. And then I said, why don't I just translate it since you love the book? So that's when I started thinking about that because I have a market here and you know that there are a growing number of Filipino families here migrating and they want to have a tool to teach their kids not only the language but also the Filipino culture. So that's why I have this, this, uh, the latest one that I have, which is our Christmas lantern. And it's also translated in Filipino. 
I don't have the English yet, but it's translate. It's a it's a bilingual translation uh, edition. It's a bilingual edition, and I just did that, and it's about uh, it's centered on um, one Filipino tradition that's passed on from generation to generation. Uh, now, your your most um, one of your most recent books um, is uh, I think I mentioned it was uh, Will You Still Love Me, a puppy hi- haiku story. Can you talk a little bit of what that book is about. First of all, it was inspired by my my dog, and her name is Haiku. She's named Haiku because she's special and she's short, she's small, but it's she's extraordinary, just like a Haiku. And I write Haiku too, so that's one of the things that I love to do. And since it's inspired by her, it's a story. It's not unlike other I Love You picture books. In this bedtime story, an adorable puppy who's always up to playful antics, it questions a little girl's love for her. So it's a tale about ananda- the, the timeless, the time, it's a timeless story about the undying love and friendship between a little girl and a puppy. And it features charming illustration and it has playful text. And it, it has a question, it's like a question and answer because the puppy asks questions and it is answered by the it is answered by the little girl in haiku form so i think it has i call it i just thought about it a while ago before i interviewed it has the three h's it has humor it has haiku because it's an introduction to for those people who want to learn haiku and it also has heart so it's a heartwarming story and anybody who loves dogs would you know would really love to have a copy of this <laughs> And and who wants to learn to write haikus? <laughs> yeah, because it's an introduction, and it has in the beginning it has an introduction. It was written by a thirteen-year-old girl, and she gave some tips on how to write haiku. And it's not, and the story itself, it's not the typical. It, it has a different structure. It has a question in the haiku form, but it builds up until it. It reaches the end where when you read it, you're going to go, ah, <laughs> you know, it's heartwarming. So it's a different structure that I thought about writing. It's not not like my other children's books. And I understand you're doing a, a special promotion with this as well. Oh, yes, yes. I want to talk about that. Okay. So right now, we are currently promoting um, our participation in collaboration with, um, we're joining the Sacramento SBCA, the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. So since I have a dog and I was thinking, why don't I, why don't the both of us join the Doggy Dash? So this is going to be our first SBCA Doggy Dash. And SBCA now, they're, they're trying to raise funds and at the same time, keeping the community safe because it's going to be a virtual experience. So on June 5, we're going to participate as, you know, we can show our support by walking in our neighborhood or backyard or even in the treadmill. So we'll be posting that Haiku and I are walking. And at the same time, we also signed up as a vendor so that we can support and raise funds because 10% of the book sales from the Doggy Dash will be donated to the Sacramento SBCA. And then I'm also planning to have um, a book reading 
on where's it gonna be okay i'm my tentative date will be on on may 21 so uh, the book reading whoever would be the first three people who's gonna leave a comment it's gonna be it's gonna be a be a video on um posted on youtube and whoever's gonna leave a comment will have uh the first three u.s residents will receive um a free signed copy of um will you still love me i also have it in digital flip books oh uh, di- digital flip book format it's also available in digital flip book format that will be posted on my website because i made um, a, a version of it so people who want to quickly see the book or read the book it's going to be available online quickly as soon as they pay and then 10 percent will go to spca other than buying from me the signed copy of the paper book. Paperback, I mean. I'm sorry, a, a doggy dash. I'm not quite sure what that uh, Well, I is. think they called it doggy dash because it's like exercising with your dog. You know, okay. you're, you're walking around in the neighborhood. So they started calling it doggy dash. I think that's how they got that name. <laughs> so they've been doing it for, uh, no, I don't know exactly when, but they already had it last year. And this is the first time I heard about it. So I thought about, well, it's one way of promoting Will You Still Love Me? And at the same time, supporting also uh, the animals, especially dogs. <laughs> Can you? Uh, would you uh, be able to share a part of your book with us? Oh, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Okay. I want to start in the beginning because, like I said, you know, because... As uh, as soon as you read the first page, the first few pages, you would know it has some humor in it, and anybody who has a dog can identify with it. <laughs> okay, the first one, I mean the first page, I'll be reading from the first page. Will you still love me if I pout until I get what I want? So that's the question of the dog, and the, ne- the next page is, Poppy eyes, my heart melts faster than ice cream. Will you still love me if I make you spend your very last dollar? And the haiku is, spring cleaning, my living room dotted with doggy toys. And if you see the illustrations, it's a whole spread. So each uh, page that you turn, it is a whole spread left and right. That means it's a double page. Will you still love me if I keep an eye for good food? Cooking dinner, the pitter-patter of poppy paws. And then you'll see haiku running away with the food. (laughs) Will you still love me if I take up so much room? Storytelling time. Her tail keeps wagging like a helicopter. Will you still love me if I mess up your carpet? And the haiku is a monoku, meaning it's just one line. Paw prints, trailing watermelon drips. I don't want to read it all because it's going to give away all the nice things here, the funny, the funny things. And it's actually shows the season it starts in spring and it ends in spring and in the very end is there's going to be a punchline there that's going to be touching for any dog lover or i think it will it might encourage a child to have a dog because it's a very sweet story and for anybody who has a dog they certainly can yes and for anybody who has a dog or you know it it can be sad too for some whoever is going to be uh, gr- whoever is grieving for for her dog, but it will bring beautiful memories, and anybody can resonate with it. And in the end, 
I have four seasons of Poppy Haiku. I asked some of my haiku friends from different parts of the world. They contributed their haiku. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of writing another version, and it would be, Will You Still Love Me? A Kitty Haiku Story for the, ki- for the kitty lovers. And do you have a, a cat yourself? No, I don't. Actually, um, I don't like cats. I love, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but I want, uh, but somebody asked me, cause I was, I was t- telling about this book at, at one of the book fairs and I said I was going to come up with a dog book and he, she said, why not cats too? And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to do another version because um, I'm already writing that dog book and it, it will be able to reach more market. You know, I have two markets. So whoever, you know, there could be somebody who love puppies, somebody who loves puppies or cats or maybe both. So this will be more of a, a writing challenge for you, but that's okay. It's always good to have a writing yes, challenge. Yes, it will be, but yeah. But you know, you have to be flexible too and try to reach other audiences too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I forgot to write it down here and mention it. Who's the author of uh, Will You Still Love Me? Oh, I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the illustrator. Oh, the illustrator. Yeah, the illustrator is Jillian Vilches and she's from the Philippines. She was recommended to me by a Filipino friend and it's re- she's really good and and she was able to capture the moments and i i sent her a picture of haiku and and the illustration really looks like her so it's really cute so i gave her uh, different pictures of haiku and i want the different poses and what is significant about her and she was able to capture it and this is our first collaboration I'm always curious about collaboration with uh, authors and illustrators. You, you, I assume you, you had the text first, and was it sort of a back and forth, or did you just uh, give her the text and see what came up with, or was there more of a collaborative piece there? Well, what I do first uh, in all my books, I always, well, they say you always have to make sure that you leave room for the illustrator's imagination. Yeah, and you can't be writing all the, you know, like they always say, don't, don't tell, show. So there are other things that I don't have to write it because the, the illustrate, the illustrator will be the one who's gonna show it. So there are times when I have to make sure. And then I also tell her, if I have a picture in mind, I tell her exactly what I want. And then I tell her to leave the other parts to her imagination. So she can add a few things that she likes. And then she gives it back to me. And if there's something I don't like or there's something I want to suggest more, I give it back to her. So we go back and forth. With the cat with the cat book, she'll be helping me a lot because she has a cat. <laughs> ah. So she's very excited about it because I told her I don't know much about cats, but I'll be researching because I want want it to be as close to... Uh, reality as it should be and also i want it to be as touching as as heartwarming as my dog book so there might be some collaboration on the text yes yeah, so well there, there, there there will be more collaboration in the next one okay very good looking forward to that um so uh the book you picked is one of your own particular favorites is is a picture is also a picture book and it's saturday which was written and illustrated by Oge Mora, and this was book was published in 2019. And for readers uh, who might not have had the chance to uh, read this particular picture book, can you talk a little bit of uh, what it's about? Okay, this 
book is it's so the title is Saturday, right? Because Saturday it's about the routine that a mother and a daughter uh, do every Saturday because the mother works the whole week except Saturday and the child looks forward to it and you will know in in the end what what will I, mean, I don't want to I don't want to give away the end but and I don't want to give away the problem too because okay I, I think I want to talk about the beginning because somehow you'll the, the beginning itself sets everything what what's going to happen in the story so I want to talk about that what are the characteristics that makes it um, a great beginning? So first of all, what I like about this book is that it hooks the reader. And in the very beginning, it introduces the main character. So, you know, the main character is Ava in the beginning. And it also sets the time and the place. So, of course, it's about Saturday and, and the mood of the story. And it also ha has a hint of what to expect throughout the story. So let me, maybe it's good that I read it first and then I'll tell you what I like about it. I'll, I'll just read the uh, first few pages. This morning, Ava and her mother were all smiles. It was Saturday because Ava's mother worked Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Saturday was the day they cherished. On Saturdays, they zipped to the library for weekly story time. On Saturdays, they lounged on salon chairs and got new hairdos. On Saturdays, they picnicked in the grass for a peaceful afternoon at the park. And on this Saturday, they would also ride the bus across town for a one-night-only puppet show. The day would be special. The day would be splendid. The day was Saturday. Ava and her mother could hardly wait. So, zoom! Off they went. So, in the beginning, so you can see in the beginning, uh, like I said, um, there's the main character. It sets the, the, the mood of the story and a hint of what to expect throughout the story. It doesn't tell you the problem yet. It just tells you, it introduces what the mom and the, and the daughter usually do. And what I like about it is that first I noticed, uh, other than what I already mentioned, um, the author uses uh, a literary technique, and it's called onomatopoeia. It, uh, it uses a word that imitates the natural sound of a thing. Like when she used the word zoom, and when she used the word zoom, it's all bold letters, and it has three O's. And each time... Oh, wait, before I say that, because that's in the middle of the story, but in the beginning, she said she used three O's, right? But just that in itself, it already produces, um, it already produces, um, a dramatic effect. Because usually when you use onomatopoeia, it, it, um, it creates emphasis, effect, and interest. Now here you're interested, you get excited, there's a it, the story buzzes with excitement because of the word zoom. And even if it was written in third person, you see the world from a child's point of view, a child's genuine wonder and excitement. So it makes you think about, oh, they're excited. They're going, they're going somewhere on Saturday. And what's going to happen? 
So like you're excited, you know, any reader who's turning the pages, you're going to be excited about what's going to happen. And then that's when you want to think, what do you think will it be? Will it be a good Saturday or not? Because you're going to somehow you're going to be thinking what the what the problem would be. And the repetition that she does, because she has this repet, she repeats the word other than the word Zoom, because if you read the other parts of the story, this, each time each time the word Zoom is mentioned or written, it has more O's. So there's so it builds up the excitement. And then there's this phrase or sentences that she repeats all the time, which is, the day would be special, the day would be splendid, the day was Saturday. So that repetition throughout the story, it emphasizes the bond between the mother and the daughter, which is established by their own unique routine. So the repetition is like their routine, what they do every Saturday. So I think it's the style that the that the author picks. And um, what else is I'm going to say? So, um, so that's the beginning. So what I like about it is the the beginning, how how she creates it, the characteristics of the uh, of that beginning makes the story uh, very interesting. And other than that, when you start reading the story, you will notice that the illustrations are different. It's not the actual uh, drawing or you know, what illustrators do that they have, or it's three-dimensional, or either it's a painting or something. This one is made of collages. So, because I'm an artsy person too, I do arts and crafts, so I was attracted to it. But I think beyond it, I can see it in a different uh, perspective. For me, it's like the collages are attractive, not only because it's symbolical. For me, it's like piecing together memories, because she's putting together different materials and different colors and different shapes. And so these to me are like pieces of memories that are glued together. So it's like Ava's experiences. They're all mem- memorable and special because it's with her mom. So I think that's what makes it special. This other than, of course, the message of the story. It's an interesting. I hadn't even thought about the the illustrations that way of sort of piecing together memories. Uh, that's a very that's a very neat way of looking at it. Um, I was thinking too when you mentioned the word uh, zoom, which you see as it gets longer, longer, it sort of gives this sort of speed to it. And then every once in a while, shortly after that, things happen, and then they. Uh, there's uh, what's else repeated where they pause and close their eyes and let out a deep breath so things slow down so this uh-huh. constant sort of i thought is interesting just the way uh, the authors varies the rhythm things go fast and then they slow down and fast and then they slow down so it gives us you know instead of a book just being sort of one thing it's a sort of this back and forth which i think makes it for reading to a kid makes it uh, even more interesting because you know uh, you know, I can imagine reading it, you know, you sort of go fast and then you settle down, you know, so there's a, this constant variation in how the story uh, goes back and forth. Well, the pacing changes uh, for variety and also to set the tone because um, there's excitement. And of course, it changes when they get disappointed and then they re- re- reassure each other or the mother re- reassures Ava that, don't worry, and today will be special. 
you know so it, it's nice that there's variety there and also because of the plot it changes it changes the mood the mood changes and it establishes the the story itself the problem and what goes on and the conflicts well, I thought it was neat too in the very beginning as when you were reading you know there were talks about the mother working and actually lists all the days Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday you know so this you know of this you know you, you, we're not told what she does but it's a working life which I think a lot of kids and parents can relate to you know parents have to work sometimes so having a parent who works and so having that extra day being extra special I think is something a lot of uh, kids and parents can relate to yeah, and maybe it could be also a different uh, family structure here where it's only the mom that raises her. That's why the mom is working. So that's a you know, new thing now that it's not just the father that works. The mother works too. So children can relate to that when they're being brought up, you know, by a mother, just a mother. Or maybe the mother works and the dad works too. And yeah, yeah, the kids can relate to to this story. So you know what? Uh, what I liked about this book to it reminds me of my childhood memories. My mom passed away when I was eight, so I don't really have clear memories of what we used to do together. But still, even if I didn't have a mother growing up, or I didn't have vivid memories of my mother. I was reading this book in a different perspective. I was thinking of this as my relationship with my dad. So when uh, when we were growing up and how, how um, I look forward to weekends when um, we would go out, watch a movie and have lunch, have lunch or dinner with the family, so it could be maybe just the two of us or with the whole family. You know, the usual routine that we do, it brought back memories to me. And um, sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, things don't always go as planned. It's either he's going to be late or we change the the type of movie that, that he likes to watch and I want to watch something else and my brother want, want, want to watch another thing. So it reminds me of how we try to resolve disappointments and because uh, the story is a message of family unity or coping with disappointments and the nice thing about this story is that um, I because I think in every children's book I would prefer or it is advisable that when you write uh, a story the ending would be um, a resolution coming from the main character and I think Ava was able to solve the problem by saying in the end, let me see exactly what she said so I can. When they reached their apartment door, Ava turned to her mother. She had an idea. What if we, Ava started, you know we could, her mother began. So the uh, initiative came from her. She had an idea that they can do something else and it could still be special. So that was that's what's nice about it. There's just a small... Um, participation by the parent, but it's mainly um, the the solution is mainly coming from the main character. That's important for children that you're reading to. They see that the the children, you know, take action and have you know uh, power to make decisions and uh, have an impact. 
on a family's life. Yeah, and they can and they can learn from it too, and they can think that they can um, do things uh, like making decisions, like you said, and they can uh, contribute to a solution of a problem, or if not, solve <laughs> the whole problem. Now, I, I, you know, this book was, you know, obviously written for for younger kids, for parents to read to their kids. But I've always felt that, uh, you know, picture books, a good picture book, is can be for uh, any number of ages. And I'm wondering, do you think there would be a value in uh, using a book like this for older kids, or even just for parents to read uh, for themselves or adults, just to, especially parents, just to read for themselves, just to get a different perspective on things. Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, it will be beneficial for anybody, even if you're not um, uh, a child, that an older person would read picture books. I think it's because you go back to the basics and you go back to, you learn ordinary things that are special. And also what's nice about it is you, you, you learn how to, how to relate to other kids too it's either you refresh you can also get like what what happened to me now when i read it it resonated with me it brought back my my childhood memories and other than that it maybe you can if you have a child it could it could help you with your relationship with your child and you can also help the child learn more and also um you know i just discovered it lately other people use picture books as mentor text. Have you heard about that? When um, when they're trying to teach, let's say you're you're trying to teach um, students about uh, the theme or about literary techniques or about characterization or about plot structure, you use picture books as good examples because they're so simple. And yet, you can identify the different parts, the different styles, the different techniques, and it, it's really very helpful. So, that's what I'm trying to do now. I joined this group. It's called, I, I don't know exactly uh, what the phrase is, what, what the name of the group is, but uh, what I can tell you right now is that they encourage you to read five books a day, five picture books a day. Well, I didn't get to that five books a day, but... Um, I bought, I ordered a lot of, I ordered a lot of books from the library, the ones that they recommended and the ones that I want to read. And for each book, I was trying to see what's good about it. Is it the beginning or is it the end or is it the characterization? And it, it taught me a lot just by studying other authors, how they do stuff, how they do their writing. It can help me with my writing too. I think that's good advice for any author, no matter who they write for, whether they write for kids or they write for adults, that studying picture books, uh, they can learn a lot about how to um, how to write a story. Yes, yes. Whether you're writing a picture book or not, uh, you can learn from it. Whether you're writing for um, for middle grade kids or if you're writing for a, or you're writing a, a young novel or... Or for adults, it, it still it still has the basic elements of a of a good story. You can learn from that, and of course, if you want to write for uh, want to write picture books, then this itself is a good example. What else but to read picture books, right? 
Oh yes, oh yes, I I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And for those who and for those who are not really into writing, just by reading picture books, they learn life's lessons. Well, I thought that you know for. Parents who feel overwhelmed, which is just about all of us, uh, you know, are reading this book and just um, knowing that sometimes when you're overwhelmed, sometimes just stopping and taking a breath is a good thing. Oh, yeah. Well, well, well because not all books, well, anyway, you know, not all books always have a, a moral lesson. Some, some are just humorous. So just the humor will make your day, you know. There are other books out there. I encountered some of them that are just silly, plain silly, but it it could make your day and add some, it could brighten your day. <laughs> so for everybody, they should just read more picture books in general. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Something simple can really make your day special. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Christine, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me both about your uh, publishing company and about uh, your uh, Will You Still Love Me? A Puppy Haiku story and for taking the time to talk to me about Saturday, and uh, which is a book I hadn't read yet. So I was, I was glad to have the chance to read this. So thank you for introducing to me and taking the time to talk to me about it today. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. I really enjoyed it. And I always like to share my books to other people and to kids. And I want to make other people smile. You can find Christine's website at www.christinevilla.com. And you can find information about Purple Cotton Candy Arts Publishing at www.purplecottoncandyarts.com. You can find more information about the Scholastic Summer Reading Program at www.scholastic.com summer. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music titled All Together is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can find the Dream Gardens podcast website at jleemott.com and my author website at jodyleemott.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dreamgardensjlm. The Dream Gardens podcast is available through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. Keep reading.